Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Middle Ground Podcast. Uh, I'm Patrick, your host, and with me today is Sean. Hello, Sean. How Hi. are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm good. Thanks. So this is our first episode. Uh, we're both new to this. So uh, bear, bear with it and uh, we'll just see how things go. Uh, so now our main topic today is the Irish political system. And we'll be trying to, we'll be discussing this, its strengths, its flaws, and we'll be summing it up uh, over the next couple of minutes. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm just going to start it off with something I like. Uh, I think the STV, single transferable vote, is that what it's called? Is, it, is that what we have? Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I think the system is very good. Yeah, the uh, the voting system I don't think is flawed. Yeah, I think it's, it's one of the I think it's one of the most, um, one of the best, if not the best voting systems out there, because it it gives way for many different p political parties to, you know, come through. Whereas first past the post, which is the most common system, has it generally ends up being dominated by two parties, and even if you don't like either of them, you have to vote for one of them. You can't vote for a smaller party because they have no chance. But with this, yeah. you could vote number. You could give your number one to a smaller party, and then maybe give your number two or three to one of the big ones. You know? Yeah, exactly. So everyone gets a voice, a better voice. And I think you know it's a good representation of who the people want each year. You know, like maybe the rural farmers want this party in power. And the urban settle settlings like Dublin and Cork and Galway, they want these people in charge. And I do think that it's weighted rather well, uh, as opposed to maybe in America, where you get points for each district. It's You get seats for each district. Yeah, so, so one district would be one seat. But the thing about that is what makes it good is because your seat is an actual person. If you have a problem... You can go speak to this person that represents your area, and they can solve it for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, you it's can't. Very, you can't go very accessible. You can't go speak to the president of the United States. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and so, yeah, so I think the voting system is good. There's rarely any problems with fraud or anything like that. Uh. But in government, well, if there was, we wouldn't know. That's, that's so. true. Well, you know, it's not—it's not fraud if you don't get caught. Uh, exactly, it is. Don't commit fraud. Uh, <laughs> but um, in the government, again, pretty good system uh, with the Shannad and the Dáil. Once again, not really and many complaints. It's the same almost everywhere in the world. They all well, not right now, obviously, because of COVID, but they all go and sit in a room and they discuss things and debate things. Yeah. It's uh basically all they do really. Yeah, there's there's not uh, they, get, they get summer holidays. It's yeah. like it's like being at school, but you get paid. <laughs> so uh, yeah. 
Yeah, there's not a massive amount to say about the electoral system because it's the same. Well, you know, it's mostly fine. There's no. There's. I I do think that Ireland is actually. You know, forgive me if I'm wrong because I just remembering this statistic rather than reading it off my screen here. But I do believe that Ireland is one of the least corrupt, uh, politically anyway, countries in Europe. So that's, that, cool. that's good. Well, that's, that could mean one of two things. That could mean we're the least corrupt or we're hiding it the best. <laughs> yeah, we're the worst at catching the corrupt people. Um, yeah. I also think that a good thing about our system is that it leads to independence being able to get voted in. Not, not easily. But, you know, if they if they say we're going to do this and we're and they appeal to their constituency, their area, that constituency can vote them into the door. And, you know, it, it, just a normal person can get voted in if they yeah. are the best candidate, you know, in, in say, uh, America. I'm just going to use America as an example. If you run as an independent in the presidential election, you know what I mean? Probably going to get one or two percent of the vote max, probably zero of the electoral college, um, and, and you can't really do anything because of how big the scale is. But if you're just appealing to one specific town, and that town could put you in power, that's basically what's happening here, and it works. It works much better for smaller people and smaller parties. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's that's a good point. The American system is so dominated by these two sides that even like like the majority of uh, as they call it independent uh candidates for presidency aren't independent they do have parties but their parties aren't democratic or republican so their parties are essentially nothing yeah nobody so even really cares they're dubbed independents even though they are part of a party and as well as that, it's a bit of a vicious cycle, you know. Since they're they're never in office or in the um, the Senate or the House, they um, they never have any money to, to you know get a promotion budget for when the time does come to be elected. So it's always going to be the same two parties, unless something drastic happens. It doesn't have to happen soon. It could happen in a hundred years, but unless something drastic happens one day, it'll always be this way. Yeah, that's. That's true. Uh, it's it's almost irreversible, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think I don't have anything else to add. Do you? Uh, <clears throat> not really. Should we explain how the system actually works? If there's any people. Oh yeah, sure. If you, if you want to go ahead. Okay. Then. So, right. So I'm gonna prob I'm probably gonna explain this really badly. So basically, how it works is you go in to the the voting station, which is usually a school, okay, and you go in and you fill out your ballot paper, and it has all the different names and faces and parties of the people that are running in your constituency. So what you do is you put a number one next to your favourite, okay, a number two next to your second favourite, and so on and so forth. You can only you you only have to do one, but you could do down to nine. If you want, you can enable them all. Yeah. So basically, exactly. how, how it works is, if candidate A, there's a there's a quota, okay, 
and it's the amount of voters divided by 3 plus 1, I think. So, if candidate A got an excess of votes, then they would take, they would just cut off the top part of those votes and give out said excess votes to number 2. Okay, whoever exactly. they put as number yeah. 2. And then, if they got an excess of votes, it would go to whoever was put as number 3, and so on and so forth. So it gives a good representation of who the people actually want rather than just a binary Democrat or Republican or Labour or Conservative, if that makes sense. I th- yeah, I think that's very true. Uh, yeah. So that's all yeah, I have so to say. A, I don't really have much to add. Uh, fairly succinct uh, explanation of the system. Uh, obviously, I'm not really entirely sure then you know how all the all the everything after the votes are counted works you know it's mainly coalitions and all that stuff nowadays but yeah uh, if you want to be in power if you want to go into the cabinet you have to have a total of 80 80 seats is it how many seats i think uh, it's 80 i think it's something like that yeah it's uh, over 50 percent yeah you have to have more than 50 percent of the seats so political party a and political party b if they both had 25 or 25% of the seats and 26% of the seats respectively, they could team up and go into government together and then they would split the responsibilities halfway. Basically. Yes, there's, a, there's 160 seats in the draw, so 80, 81 seats 81, you need. 81 seats, yeah. From any collection of parties. So I think that's a nice segue there uh, into our next topic, which will be the Irish political parties. Okay. Um, Sinn Féin, the next biggest party, have 37. So it's unbelievably close. Uh, they're best known, shall I say... For, oh, I would be careful what you say here. ...for being in government during 2008, when the economic crash happened. And... The so-called Celtic Tiger in Ireland came to an end. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I'll I'll try and keep unbiased here. Michal Martin is the leader and the current Taoiseach uh, for the next two years. Is it? Um, yeah, I think so. Taoiseach is prime minister. Yeah, Taoiseach is It's just an Irish word meaning leader. Yeah. Uh, the president of Ireland is a figurehead uh, called Michael D. Higgins. He's basically like the queen in, UK. in England, except he is elected, but he doesn't hold any power. He's more like a, a national mascot, shall we say. Yeah, he just signs bills and whatnot, passes things into law. Yeah. But like really, he, if, if something has made its way to him, he's not going to turn it down, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that if he does refuse something... It has to be unconstitutional or something like that. And then, That's and a really good reason. And I'm pretty sure he can be removed like relatively easily, or else bypassed. I'm not sure whether he has to be removed. But I think it, it is mainly uh, a, a ceremony type thing, rather than he gets to decide what happens and what doesn't. That, that power is almost fully with the doll, which is the parliament here, the, the doll, the parliament or the senate, whichever you prefer. 
Uh, well, there's there, the Senate there, in comparison to America, but we have also the Shannad, which is Irish for Senate, which is a different thing. But yeah. Yeah, that does mean Senate, but uh, it's not. It's, it's. I know, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's a different thing, totally. But yeah, exactly. if you want to look it up. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they were started by Eamon de Valera. Uh, he's an, an Irish hero uh, from the who was a, instrumental in the 1916 rising that brought about the creation. Well, didn't bring about directly, but started the movement that brought about the creation of the uh, Irish Republic. And uh, the rising was in 1916, and the Irish Republic came about in 1922. Uh, de Valera was instrumental in both. Uh, he started Fianna Fáil uh, later on, after breaking from uh, Common and Ale, which eventually became Fine Gael. So th- it's, a rather conser- it's a relatively conservative party. They're not extremely conservative. They're also centrist. They were in government uh, for many, many years. They, they have been in government for many, many years. They're one of the main two political parties in Ireland. But their votes have been steadily declining for some years. And it took a big dip recently, and then they came back up. And then came back up, yeah. But it's still, it's still getting lower than it was before the big dip. After the obviously the crash in two thousand and eight. Um, so they are currently in a coalition government with Fine Gael and the Green Party. Uh, which is a rather surprising move, seeing as Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil are the two big parties in Ireland, and you know, seen as opposite. Well, not really. They they aren't opposites, but they're seen as opposites. You know, like they're one side and they're the other side, and now they're in government together, which is. Rather interesting. Uh, do you have anything to say? No, I just wouldn't have seen that coming. You know, uh, desperate times call for desperate measures, and I guess they just needed the seats. You know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see why soon enough. We'll see why they did that. Uh, do you want to give your personal opinion on this party? Uh, why do they still exist? Um, how do they still exist? It doesn't make any sense. But that's. But why? That's, that's the main question. I think if I if I may I can't verbalize it any better than that. I think if I may, what you're trying to say is this government didn't directly or on purpose, but they did cause a massive financial crash in two thousand and eight that you know destroyed the economy. Not completely, but it did cause many people to lose mortgages. It did cause they had to bail out the banks massively uh and in almost any other country i believe this is my personal opinion uh i don't hold anything against anyone in fianna fall or their supporters except the fact is michael martin the current leader and current taoiseach was one of the ministers of that government 
that just I don't want to keep using that word, but that ran the economy into the ground. And now he is not only back in government, not only back with the largest party in the doll, he is now the Taoiseach. He's the man in charge. Yeah, he's he's which I, I think is a rather interesting outcome, to say the least. Uh, so in 2011, the latest, well, the first election after the uh, the financial crash, and uh, not, not our most recent election or even the one before that, but the mo- the first one after the financial crash. Uh, beforehand, Fianna Fáil, who weren't entirely in government by themselves, uh, they had, I believe, about 40% of the seats uh, they had 77 seats uh, but they were in a coalition and the main player in that coalition uh, before that election they had 71 seats after that they had uh, 20 seats in after the 2011 general election uh, what baffles me is that they did not have zero seats yeah. Uh, but why? And then in after that, 2016, uh, they <laughs> regained several seats uh, to get back up to uh, 44 seats. Uh, double what they had after the last election. Uh, and then in our latest election, 2020, I believe they had 38 seats. Yeah, 38 seats. Uh, Just a little bit down. Rather interesting. They and went down. Mind, they weren't in, they were not in government between 2016 yeah. and 2020. They were you not. To... They, they were in Ending to 2011, and they've only regained government since 2020. Yeah. Uh, so, unless you have anything else to add about them? Not particularly. Okay. Uh, so, now we'll move on to the second biggest party, Sinn Fein. Okay. <laughs> I'm going, I would be we're both going, words, yeah. I would we're both going to have to be. Very, very careful about what we say here. But to yeah. put it simply, Sinn Féin are the second largest political party. By one seat, they won 37 seats. Uh, they won the popular vote, however, which means they got a lot more votes. They didn't get more constituencies, but they did get a lot more votes. Uh, get, they got nearly 50,000 more votes than, Sinn Féin, uh, than Fianna Fáil, who became the biggest party in seats. The problem they had in the 2020 election is they just quite simply did not run enough candidates. If they had run, ran more, they probably could have got upwards of 40 seats. Now, just to put this into perspective, in 2011, they had 220,000 people vote for them. In 
2020, they had 535,000 people vote for them. So nearly wow. 300,000 more people. Over double. Over yeah. 10 years, nine years. Yeah, more than doubled, uh, which is insane. You know, since 2016, it was nearly 300, 250,000 more people voted for them since 2016, which is massive, a massive growth. And the thing is, the reason why we have to be so careful about what we say here and the reason why this victory was so surprising is that Sinn Féin are formerly... Used to have affiliations with a certain uh, anti-social group, if you will. Yeah. Uh, that's a, I don't want to throw around the yep. I don't want to throw around the T word. Uh not you not know? to mince I'm not gonna mince my words here. They were the political wing of the IRA, uh, the provisional IRA. And now this is confusing because in nineteen oh five, I believe, Arthur Griffith founded Sinn Fein. The original Sinn Fein was the party of Eamon de Valera originally, uh, and the party that started Ireland as a free state, the party that won us our independence and started the first doll in 1919. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that that party later became Come on the Nail, which later became Fine Gael. Yeah, I think you were speaking about that earlier, actually. Uh, I think. Yeah, they did split from Sinn Féin. Uh, there was a split after the Irish Civil War. And Cumann and Nail were the main group that came out of that for many, many years. Nearly, let's say, 50, 60 years. Uh, 40 years, maybe. Sinn Féin were a tiny splinter party uh, dominated by Cumann and Nail, which later became Fine Gael, and, and Fianna Fáil party of Eamon de Valera after he left Sinn Féin. It may also be worth mentioning that the IRA were around before what many people may know what happened in the north, uh, Northern Ireland, all of the... The, uh, the troubles. The troubles, yeah, as they are known. Uh, before that, the IRA, which stands for the Irish Republican Army, were the main force behind the war for independence that the Irish fought against the British. Obviously, there wasn't an Irish army because there wasn't a, an Irish state yet. So we had the IRA. Uh, and the IRA was dormant for many years. Uh, by the way, when <laughs> once again... Quick summary, because I need to get into this in great detail to explain it. In 1922, when we gained independence, six counties in Northern Ireland were partitioned off from the rest of Ireland and remained as Northern Ireland, which is still a part of the UK. For many years, uh, up until the 60s, the IRA were rather dormant uh, because uh, after the Civil War that erupted in 23 between the people who were pro-treaty and anti-treaty. Again, we'll get into that later down the road. Uh, after that, the IRA 
were dormant until a split happened in the 60s between the provisional IRA and the regular IRA. Sinn Féin obviously came out of this as um, the political party of the provisional IRA. Now, in 1996, or is it 8, the Good Friday Agreement? Oh, uh, I thought it was 8, but I'll just check now. Yeah. Um, it was 1998, yeah. 1998, okay. Uh, that's the Good Friday Agreement that ended the Troubles in Northern Ireland. And there was an agreement between the main political parties of uh, England, Northern Ireland, and the Republic of Ireland, uh, which included Sinn Féin. And one of the clauses in that agreement is that Sinn Féin could no longer be the political wing of the IRA, which they were trying to distance themselves years before, but they're now officially no longer separate. affiliated. Le they're legally... They're separate. Yeah, exactly. They're a separate organization. Uh, it is worth mentioning that the IRA War Council is still in existence. Now, okay, so, I can probably hear you asking yourself, well, how come Sinn Féin had such an incredible spike from 2016 to 2020? Now, I can answer your question with probably a fact, but, you know, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure. If you think about it, people who were born after the Good Friday Agreement was signed or like or were too young to remember the things that were going on, okay? They suddenly were now allowed to vote. And a lot of them didn't they, they didn't live through it. They didn't understand what had happened. But all the terrible crimes committed and Sinn Féin being a uh, left-leaning party appealed to leftists, obviously. Yep. Uh, and they said, okay, I'm going to vote for you. And that is how Sinn Féin got such a big spike in voters in the year 2020. And I can imagine that their numbers will only increase as time goes on until eventually yeah. nearly all uh, voters were born after the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, the IRA are mostly dormant. I, I say mostly because I'm not entirely sure that they are. I, I'm is... pretty sure they are. I'm pretty sure they are. If they're not, they're doing a really good job of pretending that they are anyway. But there, there is a ceasefire, as they call it. Uh, so, yeah. You know, their view, years, the, the so. IRA's view, uh, in, in, in keeping in mind that I'm not getting in to the IRA or Sinn Féin almost at all, their view is that their war will not be over until the six counties of Northern Ireland are once again a part of the Republic of Ireland. So um, now, as I was saying earlier, the reason I believe that uh, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael made the unheard of decision to go into coalition together was mainly 
not completely, but mainly to keep Sinn Féin out of government. Because it was quite yeah, possible yeah. being basically the joint for largest party in the Dáil, it was quite possible that they could have gone to other leftist organisations and parties and somehow scraped together a coalition. A coalition themselves. As they say, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And in this case, it was pretty true. That's very, that's a very good assertion from that. Uh, Mary Lou McDonnell is the current leader of Sinn Féin and of the opposition to the government. Their policies are mainly left-wing. Leftism. Leftism, exactly. Um, Do other terrorist organizations have political wings? Or was this a bit of an anomaly? uh, I I assume they do. Well, I don't really have anything else to, to add. Uh, Patrick yeah. has covered covered it all very well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so the next party is uh, Fine Gael, who you've been hearing a lot about recently uh, in this podcast. Fine Gael yes. are predominantly, not currently, but they are one of the two main Irish political parties. They're the third largest party with 35 seats. And maybe I should mention now, Ireland is a rather divided, like, you know, politically. Not I don't want to say it's a divided country, but politically there are three parties within two seats, or three seats in count of each other at the top. So make of that what you will. Uh, isn't they currently it two, have... It's only a gap of... Isn't it like Fianna Gael only have two less seats? Fine Gael have 35 seats, Fianna Fáil okay, right. 38 seats, and yes, okay. 37. Yeah, it was very close this year. Yeah, it was extremely close. Uh, so Fine Gael are the third largest party, uh, having lost 15 since the last election. They were in government before this election. Uh, the leader of that party, Leo Varadkar, is, was Taoiseach up until last year uh and he will, will become next year you will become t again in the second half of this term on a rotating t basis between fina fall and fina gale why don't they do day on day off that's a much better strategy <laughs> that would be an interesting strategy an interesting take interesting take on the matter okay fina gale they are right wing once again like uh Fianna Fáil, rather centrist, but they are right-wing. They are big business. They do give tax breaks. Not massive ones, but they do give tax breaks. Uh, Large businesses, which is why a lot of European headquarters, for example, for Google, are in Ireland because of the taxes and the low taxes. Yeah, but it's it's not all bad, you know. Uh, a lot of money gets put into the economy because of them. So I can imagine most of the money gets made up for. A lot, a lot of jobs as well, you know, hundreds of A lot of, of jobs, jobs get created, yeah. True. And as well as that, even though the taxes are lower, the amount of tax that the amount of tax these people would be paying is so big, you know. 
Yeah. It would be, be nice if they paid more tax. But, uh, I, f- I think yeah. on the taxes, you know, we don't have to be much lower than anyone else in Europe. We just have to, like, you know, just stay, like, stay a cent lower. a euro lower than all of than the closest country and with the massive taxes that these companies will have to pay that's still a big difference for them when we're still getting much more money than we would be if they didn't have their headquarters in ireland yeah so you know it's uh it's working out pretty well so far i have to say um a lot of jobs get created a lot of money is getting Put into the economy, you know. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. Um. So the current leader of Finnegale is former and uh, future Taoiseach Leo Varadkar, uh, who it's worth mentioning uh, is the first uh, LGBT, and I believe he's half Indian. He yes, he is mixed race, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's not uh, Indian. T-shock of Ireland, which is you know that's an important step forward for diversity in Ireland. Yeah, um, he was then overtaken by a white old man from Cork, but that's <laughs> two steps. No, he'll be, he'll be forward. back. He'll, he'll be, be back. back. He's on his way back. It's He's like Thanos back. at the end of uh, the end of Infinity War. Yeah. Leo will return. Uh, I t- I think Terminator. I'll, oh I'll... really? Okay. Uh, but just, you know, uh, I think it's worth mentioning that, uh, everyone, uh, not everyone, but people seem to like Leo for some reason. People just like him. Uh, he's, right. he, he's a, he's a, he's, he's all right. You know, yeah. Finnegale would be the party that I personally agree with the most. It doesn't make them necessarily my party. Because you know, I obviously yeah, I your party is a national party. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Uh, it's also worth mentioning uh, he is only referred to by his first name. Yes, if you're he ever is. in Ireland, or if you, I assume, a lot of our listeners will be from Ireland and will know this, but he is solely referred to as his first name. So Leo, Leo is Leo Varadkar. There is no one else in Ireland called Leo. If you have a friend called Leo, you now call them by their second name, even yeah, if you're not Irish. Yeah. yeah, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to uh, add anything to the matter? Finnegan? Um, well, okay. So Finnegan, they're all right. You know, they were, uh, they were in government between 2016 and 2020 but in government between 2011 and 2016 see yeah. they were yeah and they were doing they were doing okay you know they, they got did the, Euro- the crash they got the europeans in the european unions to come in and they said and they just got those guys to say just write a big list of things you could tax it's like the oversimplified video about the uh french revolution but uh i think they did a pretty good job of recovering and up until recently uh the irish economy was doing pretty well Obviously, now they are um, just injecting cash into everything which i mean isn't a bad thing but you know it's uh yeah. 
the Sonorite strategy. Uh, it's going to go all the way down after the pandemic unemployment payment ends and everyone has lost their jobs and no one has any income anymore. I think on the topic of the uh, crisis, any out-of-Ireland listeners and you're thinking, oh, the you know, the crisis wasn't that bad, it, you know, it was, it was all right. It is worth mentioning, Ireland uh, paid, uh, I think this figure is 40 billion. Per, uh, forgive me if that's wrong, because this, this chart is rather ambiguous. Uh, it, it is saying here 41,044 million, which I believe is 41 billion. Uh, forgive what? me. What? No. You just said 41,000. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, just to put that into perspective, that is the top of the list of EU countries that is on here. Uh, Ireland being 4 million in population. Germany is the closest uh, with 40,101 million. But Germany has a population of... Uh, 83 million people, which but is about capita. 20 times the population of Ireland. Per, so capita, per capita, it was a lot worse. There's, it's um, a lot, lot worse. You might want to check out Greece there, because I know they didn't Greece, do so well. Greece actually, funnily enough, and then did you bring up Greece, Greece actually didn't go into debt. Really? from that okay. crisis. I think it's more of a local crisis there. Uh, here is, as you were asking, per capita. Uh, th this is an interesting, uh, to say the least, chart. Number two, Germany, 491 euro. And number one, Ireland at? 9,000 euro. 8,981 euro, which is a stupid, amount higher than everyone else so like you know what's people... the second highest number there sorry so the second highest number is germany 491 yeah. 491 i don't know if it was but, but this isn't is... fully paid off yet is it i don't know if it is but this is uh six years after the crisis so I assume that the the numbers may have changed, but I assume the ratio hasn't much. Yeah, it's probably similar enough. So in six years, the average uh, Irish person had to pay nine grand, 9,000 euro. The average citizen throughout the EU was 192 euro. Wow. We have gotten very sidetracked. We have gotten extremely sidetracked. I think... We were on to next the Green Party, weren't we? Yeah. Okay. So just cut, cut out most of that fluff, you we know. Probably cut uh, out a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, so if you're listening right now, uh, there has been a massive amount of us just talking absolute BS about the financial crisis. Bottom line, uh, average <laughs> Irish citizen had to pay nine grand in six years. The average European citizen had to pay 192 euro. So massively different in Ireland. If you would like to hear the unedited version, 
please forward me money and I can yeah, forward you can that. pay 50 euro each yes to for one individual to. episode unedited with all the yeah. okay number four uh, is the green party okay so the green party is they like as it says in the name mainly concerned with climate change bit of a one trick pony you know uh, yeah except they haven't really pulled on their trick yet yeah, they're still learning their own trick. So they're a no-trick pony. Pre they're pretending to be a one-trick pony. Sorry. Uh, a bit of a one-trick pony. Bit of a Except one they haven't really pulled off their trick yet. Exactly. They're doing, they're doing all right at, 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 you know, preparing the trick, but so far, yeah. not so great. Given that the country they're in is one of the worst offenders in the EU for carbon releases, mainly carbon because of cows. Yeah, we Make, breed so many cows here for beef and milk. Irish beef and Irish milk are so good globally. Though. It's pretty nice, but we do. I think it's like nearly, I could be wrong. I think it's nearly 30% of our emissions are solely cows bred for beef. Why don't we just get out the methane? Well, they, they'd probably die from methane. We could just, just get a tank of oxygen. You know what I mean? Forward it in. Like, um. Put into anyway. perspective here, they've been growing for a while. Uh, so the Greens in 2011 got the zero seats. 2016, they got uh, two seats. And now in 2020, they achieved 12 seats. So, yeah, they are growing. Uh, they are one of the members of the coalition. Uh, you know, they, they're they the smallest member of the coalition, and they, I think they only have, like, two ministries, uh, which is a rather small amount. Um, the thing about the Greens is, and this is... I don't think there's a whole lot to say about the Greens. Uh, they build cycle. They build cycle ways. Yeah, they're they're all about climate change. That's their big thing, you know. Uh, now I'm going to one time. Uh, what's his name? Eamon Ryan. One time, Eamon Ryan, who was the leader of the Greens, said the N word in the Parliament in the Dáil. Um, that was interesting when it happened. That was very. It's one, interesting. More, it's one of the more interesting things they've done in recent times. Uh, so, I mean, I like the Green Party. I think it's a good thing to work towards climate change. It's it's probably the most important long-term issue for the whole world, including Ireland. Uh, completely unbiased outlook that I've been trying to keep the entire episode. Uh, I don't like Eamon Ryan. I like the Greens. I don't like Eamon Ryan. Uh, I would like... Someone tell me how that man became the leader of a 12-seat-in-the-door political party. He has fallen asleep twice in the door. Not once, twice. He's in government and he's fallen asleep. He is in the government buildings debating government policy and he has fallen asleep. Okay? And... Another thing that I dislike about him is that he exchanged 
objectivity and working towards the goal of climate change, he exchanged that to get into government and prop up Michal Martin and Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. And, you know, they, they needed to get into government. If neither of those parties got into government, they would be done for. They need to be in government. The Greens do not. They have, uh, I just think it is rather bad that he has propped up these... I don't know Sinn Féin, who would have gotten into government probably if he hadn't propped up uh, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. But he did. And so Sinn Féin are out. Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil are still in. And the Greens got not much out of it. And yet they helped keep it up. Do you have anything to add? Uh, not particularly. I mean, they like climate change. Oh, well, they don't like it there. They like getting rid of it. Uh, mainly through the construction of cycleways. I that think that's ridiculously expensive. So uh, make of that what you will. And uh, making bus corridors that no one likes. Yes. Everyone doesn't want, nobody wants a bus corridor because it'll mean many's people, many people's front gardens getting taken off them. And who wants that? No one. Um, so, but most people don't mind the Green Party, you know, because they, they don't really do much, but their overall I, objective of stopping climate change is one that everyone can agree with. I think the Greens voters are mainly, and this isn't a bad thing, the Greens voters are mainly people who really care about climate change. Yeah, a, I'd say they're probably B, uh, mostly young people. Yeah, young people. Or B, the people who say, I don't really know who to vote for, maybe they don't want to vote for any of the main parties. And, you know, Oh, the Greens like climate, like getting rid of climate change. I'll just vote for them. Yeah, there are obviously some people who have done thorough research and have just decided that the Greens are best for them. Uh, um, you know, and there are some people, like Patrick said, who just just vote for them because general objective is is pretty good. Um, Sorry, to interrupt. Yeah, I do think that the Greens have a place in the future of this country. If he is listening, I'm sorry, Eamon, if you are listening, uh, I just don't think that you should be falling asleep in the door. Uh, I think that's it from us today, uh, unless you have anything else to say, Sean. Uh, yes, we will probably see you never, because this has been a massive train wreck. Uh, but if we do, we may have our third host on hand. Dara, you haven't met him. We may have Dara on, uh, so yeah, that's that's about it from us. Uh, thank you very much if you have listened this far. God knows I would not be able to listen this far. Hey, Michal Martin, who I'm sure is listening. Hello, Cameron Monahan. I am sure you're listening to this. <laughs> so, Cameron, if you want to contact us directly, and we can get you on to the next episode. Yeah, uh, you can you can discuss all things Gotham. And Star, Star Wars, Wars. Fallen Order. Yeah. I heard you were also in Malcolm in the Middle for a brief stint. Very cool.
Okay, that's it from us. Thank you very much for listening to The Middle Ground. I don't know if I said the name of our podcast at the start. I'm very I think you did. I think we are The Middle Ground. Uh, You know, you can find us hopefully anywhere, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify. I'll be posting it on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and share with your friends if you are listening this far, because I'm sure if you are, you have some form of tolerance, and hopefully your friends do too. Thank you very much. Thank you.